Welcome to Delivered as Promise, a podcast focused on land development industry and leadership. We're down one today, Pete. Where's Mike Graham? He's off on a family holiday this week, Canberra, with Amy and the kids, and they're having a ball. They're doing the zoo, they're doing Cockington Green, they're going to the park. We don't want to talk too much about our work. You know, a really good opportunity to share a bit of a relationship that we've enjoyed with uh, the Children's Hospital Foundation over a long period. Nicola Stokes from the Foundation's here and um, welcome Nicola. Good morning and thank you very much. It's lovely to be here. Thanks Nicola. What do you know about road building? <laughs> well I know that recently we had a, a piece of land that looked like a mud pool and you guys turned it into a road. Does that oh, count? <laughs> I was trying to lead you up the garden path. You had answers. He's too sharp for us. No, look, that was <laughs> a good opportunity. Thank you for that, that. Look, yeah. that was a pleasure. We had an opportunity to help out with some physical stuff down at Westmead, which was good. And our guys and, and some of our suppliers got in, helped really quickly, did the right way, and came out with a nice finished product that people can walk over and stay dry and get access and those sorts of things. So, absolutely it made such a difference. Thank you. No, that's good. Thank you. Thanks, Nicola. So, not to put you on the spot, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role and. What you get yeah. up to? So you can probably hear from my accent. I was born in Ireland, um, but I've been in Australia for over 30 years. And um, I came for two, which is a common story, and then just never went back. Well, I've been back for holidays. So um, this, um, I've been a CEO of the Sydney Children's Hospitals Foundation for four, nearly five years now, which is my absolute uh, privilege. And when I'm not doing this, um, I married a farmer. So um, mm-hmm. I uh, look after sheep and um, it's we've just finished lambing. So I have nine what they call potty lambs yep. who are orphan lambs wow. that you feed with, you know, Milk bottles and sort of keep them going. We've got a few of those in the paddock. People (laughs) won't just get on and look after themselves, but it's a bit different. And what part of New South Wales are they in? So uh, between Bungendore and Braidwood. Right. So it's called Mount Fairy. Which is lovely. In Ireland, you used to have fairy circles, which is where any time in the sort of autumn, um, they're like rings of mushrooms. And this actually happens in that area as well. So that was really nice. And we it's have pretty cold down in there in ours, winter, though. isn't it? Yes, which I, I like growing up in Ireland and less humidity than Sydney. True. Yeah, True. but we bought it for the land and we live in, I'd say a falling down shed is a really good description of it, but once we get <laughs> the, the farming going well, then we'll probably look at a house. Oh, that's good. And, how and a road. You, yeah, and a road. <laughs> how do you find you sort of split your time then? So um, up until COVID, I uh, live in Sydney Monday to Friday and I'd go home for weekends. But with COVID, um, the hospitals asked all of us to leave um, and we were really lucky. They gave us about 48 hours notice (laughs) rather than waking up one morning in New South Wales Health saying you need to leave. So it was one of the more difficult decisions for for health. So you can imagine because only one parent was allowed to come in and still with their Mm. child. So within 48 hours, my team put their laptops under their arm and went home. And that's the way we've been working. We're back in the hospitals, yep. and um, but not five days a week and not all of us. So I'm yeah. up here. I'm up here all this week, came up on Sunday, go home today. Um, but on average, about three days a week in Sydney and four days a week at the right. farm until we can come back fully. Yeah, well, there's a stark contrast. You know, we've said all along through the COVID, we've been fortunate enough as we work outside mm. and early on deemed an essential industry. We've hung on to that title no matter what people say. 
and the behaviour of everyone in the paddocks meant that we've been able to keep going and working full-time and normal days and all those sorts of things with a few restrictions and the comparison of having to operate a business like you've had to remotely when it's all about people would be very, very challenging. Yeah, very the challenging. team have done great donors like yourself, supporters. You've been hugely understanding and we've all just tried to keep in touch in the best ways we can. Yeah, oh, look, I, I think the, the communication line of things has been very, very strong. What about, so that people understand, what? How long has the foundation been around? How did that start? What yeah. was the formation for same? So um, if you think Camperdown Hospital, which was before Miss- Westmead, Road, indeed, I know that well. yep. over 120 years old and always had a fundraising team, a mm-hmm. department, um, and so that went with when um, Westmead was built over 30 years ago, nearly 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, in Randwick, uh, when that hospital was set up, the um, CEO of that hospital, Professor John Beveridge, set up a separate entity, the foundation. And there's lots of reasons for that because fundraising has changed over time and the community's expectation has changed over time. So sort of over 100 years ago, the community worked with government to create hospitals and many community took the lead a lot of the time, whereas now hospitals, the government provides us with good hospitals and then foundations like ours make them great. And so um, they've been running in parallel but complementary up until a couple of years ago. And this is a little bit of jargon, but I think it's really important that people understand. Um, there's a commission that was set up to govern charities and the ACNC. And in 2012, they changed the rules about who could be a registered charity. And they decided that government departments couldn't be registered charities because when you donate directly to a hospital, it actually goes into government bank accounts. Now, they always do the right thing. That's 100% experience, but they were looking at how to regulate the industry um, a little bit more tightly. So New South Wales Health asked the part of the foundation that was separate to actually expand and take on all of the fundraising. So nothing actually changed, Mm. but the governance behind it changed. And so we're two and a half years old, but you sort of have to think that we're over 100 years old. (laughs) Yeah, look, I think it's important to, ha- to hang on to that heritage. It's, it is an important part of what you've done. And I think that's important, Graham. No one actually gives to the foundation. They give through the exactly. foundation as a mechanism for you to impact the life of sick kids. So it's good to know that there's a mechanism there to make sure that your funds go to what you want your funds to go to, areas of greatest need or something specific. Sure. Um, but, yeah, you just give through us as a vehicle. How many families do you think are impacted by either what you do or by the actions of the hospital and things? Yeah. So on an annual basis, over 170,000 individual children visit us. So Jeez. if you multiply that out by think about the siblings and the family and the extended family, uh, we're the largest children's health network in the country. And although it's um, all of New South Wales, we do actually have children arrive from other states um, and from Asia Pacific region because there's such specialty in both yes. Westmead and Randwick. That's a lot of... Um a lot of hearts and minds to deal with, I'm sure. Certainly is. And Westmead in particular is so crucially important because um, we're, we're in the fastest growing um, population area in the world and the most diverse. 
So Western Sydney and Greater Western Sydney is so crucially important, not only to our state, but to our country. Um, and so we need to make sure that the very best um, health services are here for our kids. Well, the challenge for us might be you guys are doing such a good job. We'd better make sure there's more communities out there, not so they get sick, but so that they can use your services <laughs> to build the communities. We'd better get out and do more projects. What do you think, Pete? That's right, Definitely. build more roads. Western Sydney. It's, yeah. uh, it's definitely growing um, as an important hub, obviously, mm. in, uh, as we grow. Um, the requirements and um, having up-to-date and best standard becomes more important. Absolutely, because Western Sydney also, it's incredibly creative. Some of the most innovations are taking place here. Some of the most um, enduring and important businesses are here in Western Sydney. Um, and with the three city sort of strategy and approach, this is, this is the centre of Sydney. So, so. Yeah, yeah, I think really important. So we want to make sure that the kids and families of this incredible growing region have everything they need from a health point of view. Very important points there. Can I just ask on the, certainly we're on, we've been on that two and a half year journey with you all the way, but we've had a longer experience in working with the, the hospitals and the foundation. Yes. Yeah, Not quite back to um, Florence Nightingale days, <laughs> but somewhere back there. It's been a um, you know, good journey together. I'm glad. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. I think that... You know, I'm, I'm sure I can recall 25 years of this sort of thing. I, I haven't got any records to flush that out, but it's, it's that sort of journey so far. The thing that we haven't been able to do this year with you guys is have more physical contact and involvement. You made reference to that. Can I ask you the impact of having people involved on those days when you can? How does that sort of work for the families in the hospital? Yeah, absolutely. If I, if I go back to the first time I met you, Sideshow Alley, Radiothon yep. and yep. the hospital, and you remember that day. One of the most amazing things about having events in the hospitals is children and families can feel quite isolated, even with the amount of care that we give them. So for them to realize there's all these people in the community who, who sometimes they don't even know, who really care and think about them and their journey is quite phenomenal for them. It fills them with an even greater sense of hope and a connection to the community. And then they get to participate in those wonderful days full of joy and optimism. And you've seen the kids. Kids are phenomenal. They just will pick up and go with whatever fun is presented to them, whether they're Absolutely. walking on their yeah, own yeah. or attached to a piece of equipment or what they're doing. So taking that away in this time, everyone understands, right? But people are still disappointed. So we've done some virtual events yes. which have yep. worked quite well um, we have um, increased our art program so that we have specialists who can actually go and deliver art and crafts and a little bit of joy in the hospitals um, in the hospitals themselves um, we've increased the amount of telehealth now this is the stat from the hospital by 1024 percent right that is delivering health at home via yes. technology which is such an amazing step forward. Um, if anything good comes out of COVID, we know kids thrive at home. So the actual shorter the stay in hospital is best. And that's what we yes. aim to do. That's yeah. what research is for. That's what clinical excellence is for, is so the kids actually have the shortest stay possible. So that matched with telehealth is delivering amazing results for families, especially if you think well, you would know in rural and remote um, normally one parent has to come to the hospital and the other parent stays at home or carer stays at home. The siblings are split up. It's it's destructive for families. So telehealth and our, our requirement to do that has delivered this great result. And then we can also deliver mm -hmm. stories and information um, from a, a, a 
a foundation point of view as well as the healthcare. Yeah, well, having met plenty of your team, I don't know many organisations that are a more positive environment than what you have. Yeah. Everyone that works with you is keen, enthusiastic for the right reasons and, and on the front foot and trying their best to deliver your goals all the time. And uh, that's a feather in the cap for the organisation and your team. Yeah, it's and very, it's, very strong. It's the same people in my team that have always been um, raising funds at Westmead. So it's just the same people. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, And I think we're just inspired by the kids, um, what they cope with, and then their attitude is just amazing. Yeah, look, I think, you know, you're on the right path with things. Now, we've been fortunate enough to, to be able to have a, a, another good year and, and pledge some support to you guys. What sort of difference does those sort of things from Western Sydney companies like ours, what difference does that make for you? Because yeah. some people are going to listen to this well, I'm going to send it to them and just give them a nudge on the shoulder to say, come on, step up a bit. You can help. They don't know who they are yet, but when you get this, you'll know. <laughs> you get a little email from me in the next couple of days. Well, can I just reflect on a moment? You made you called me um, a couple of months ago, Graham, mm. and you you just phoned me to say, we know that the hospital must be doing having a difficult time yep. and I just want you to know that we will be able to give what we normally give, even though Radiothon isn't happening. Sure. And... I just, when I hung up from that call, the generosity of your spirit just to reassure us um, was just, it was a beautiful thing to do. I felt so humbled and gracious because that did just take a little bit of the um, anxiety um, of how are we going to make sure the hospital still gets all the money that it needs to deliver for, for kids. So thank you for that phone call. It was That's just amazing. One of my highlights of my year this year. Um and then the money makes sure that sick kids, it didn't stop for COVID. Everything else did, but broken bones and cancers mm. and injuries, it didn't stop. But the community have had a huge year. If you think bushfires and floods and COVID. So for a while in the middle, we, um, because COVID directly didn't impact children, we just let the community sit for a moment. We just went about saying thank you and seeing if there was anything we could do. But then, you know, the, the, the illnesses and injuries kept happening. And so then once we felt that communities understood a little bit about what COVID was doing and that some organizations were actually um, continuing on their path, that's when we felt comfortable saying, we're still here and we still need your help. We still need to be able to fund the research. And research is crucial on the basis that um, sometimes there's no diagnosis. Your child's in hospital and we don't know what's wrong. And research is what delivers a diagnosis and gives some peace and hope. And then the clinical excellence part. So this is keeping the best and brightest minds in Australia and in our hospitals, making sure we keep them um, up to date in what the best practice is around the world. And then the technology, as you would know, in your industry, it's it's just going ahead in leaps and bounds and same in medicine. And Australia's phenomenal in that. And then as we talked earlier, the patient experience. So without the donated funds, those things actually don't happen. Research is my biggest concern because the universities have been impacted so negatively by COVID. What they've actually done is they've had to close some of the labs that normally research for pediatrics would take place or repurpose them for COVID. And they've stopped taking on students. Mm. So they are, and they're actually stopping clinical trials. So 
that may not seem important now, but in two years from now, it's actually going to be crucially important because pediatric research will have stalled. So we, the, the hospitals have great relationships with University of Western Sydney, with University of Sydney and University of New South Wales. And so we're trying to keep focused on that um, because that's sort of the, that's the longer term investment. But of course, making sure that kids have everything they need here and now when they're in hospital today, tomorrow and next week. All right, so look, first I'd say, Pete, if we need a new top-up marketing person, <laughs> I think we could maybe drag Nicola into this one. Look, I think that's a great – thank you for that. That's You can see it's very, very real and it, you're hearing it from the horse's mouth now exactly how the benefit it does make. That's very Absolutely. important. Absolutely. You've contributed over $1.5 million to our hospital, Westmead. You have changed the lives of children now and into the future. And I know the generations yeah. of mm. families that work for you, and I can imagine some of them directly or their families have been in our hospital. So this We is have someone there once a month, I think, yeah. when we've looked at it. So some impacted. So it's very real for us as Western Sydney people. Yeah, very, you're very here very for real. us and, and we're here for you. Yeah, so look, if people want to know more about that story, come back to us and we can give you a bit more information if you want to share it at home and tell a bit more of the story. But We couldn't do it without you. We're, we're very much focused on looking forward. Yeah, it's nice to see what's happened so far, but uh, the energies will be increased and the contributions that we'll be able to make will increase as well as that goes forward. I think it's, it's fundamental for us, isn't it? Pete? I think it's a very important part of everything that we do um, with the foundation and it's something that our staff enjoy getting involved with and it gives them a different perspective and a very important perspective and um, the community the stuff that WEM does is a vital for the community as well as our staff. Is there anything else, Nicola, you'd like to cover? I just want to thank on behalf of the kids and families, mm -hmm. but also our amazing healthcare heroes and all of the staff. We'll just pass on our thanks and our gratitude to everyone at WEM. And it's such a wonderful partnership. I think it's based in a set of values, trust and respect, and hopefully for many years to come. And anything we can ever do for you, Graham, your family and for the WEM family, please just ask. We're so grateful. We will do that. Now, sitting in front of us, Pete, we didn't ask this, but what, what arrived today <laughs> is some beautiful caramel slice. <gasps> My gosh. So uh, that's that's as good a thank you as you can yeah, get. I think that's a very <laughs> that's wonderful, very good. Thank you very Homemade. much, Nicola and Sam. <laughs> I won't try and eat you while we're talking, but thank you very much, guys, for that. You're very welcome. And educating us so much better about how um, what vital role you're doing, why the partnership's so important to us. Yeah, I, I, I just put one tag on the end of things, and we've talked on this a bit before. With the pressures that people are under, uh, I just ask everyone, maybe this week or next when you find a bit of time, ring someone up that you don't talk to often, whether it's your uncle, your grandfather, your neighbour. Oh, Have lovely. a talk to some of those sort of things. Just reach out a little bit. There's plenty of time to do it. Yeah. Don't say you're too busy. Do it on the way home. Whenever you think of it, do it. Reach out to a couple of people over the next week and you'll find you know, what you give comes back at you twice. So it's all pretty simple. Thank you very much, uh, our special guest today, Nicola. Um, Pete, thanks for that. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening into our podcast. If you like what you hear, hit subscribe or hit us up on LinkedIn.